Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good whatever. Welcome, welcome here at Material Podcast, at Material Podcast HQ, which exists on the internet, which is in the cloud. So therefore, we are all just a part of this giant cloud. I am your host, Florence Ion, and I am joined by my other two hosts. Russell Ivanovich, you didn't expect me back, did you? Aha, take that, everybody. Oh, God, you, you announced it. Oh, I'm Andy Knocker, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's too bad. You, you announced it. And then as soon as you made it public, that's when NPR said, oh, Shifty Jelly. We thought we were buying Shifty Nelly, like this Bitcoin uh, blockchain company. We've been told we need to like buy blockchain companies. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, get in on the ground floor. We're, we're ICOing next week. So, so before uh, we are recording on Thursday of Google mm-hmm. I.O., uh, be, before we start talking about what, <laughs> let's find something to talk about for Google I.O. Uh, Russell, I, I did see you posting on Twitter that despite you being very, very clear about what the acquisition of of, of uh, Shifty Jelly meant, that perhaps there's still some people who were confused as to uh, if there was any change in the number of yachts you now own. Uh, or 12, if by the way. They, Sorry. Yeah. Uh yeah, uh, would you would you like to like reiterate just for the? I sake didn't know of, public radio uh, had that much money. Fine, yeah, twelve yachts worth. You know, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you, you know, you know, you know the, the 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 easiest way to wind up with twelve yachts in public radio start Interview. off with two hundred yachts. Yes, <laughs> uh, there's some there's some joke about economics and cows in here somewhere as well. Like, um, no, what I guess what Andy is referring to is um last week on the show. I announced that um, you know Pocket Cast have been acquired by uh, uh, four sort of radio stations that have come together, so NPR, WMYC, um, WBEZ, and This American Life. So if you haven't heard that, feel free to go back and listen to the previous episode. I don't want to cover through that again, but it, it's funny. We I, I thought I'd put together like a really nice blog post of like you know a little bit of humor, just telling people to calm down, everything's fine, like it's still going to be the same people running the show. We're still in charge. We're not going anywhere. Same old, same old. And some people decided that because the blog post wasn't exhaustive and perhaps was a bit um, jokey jokey that we were trying to hide some nefarious secret purpose like look at that thing Russell didn't say and I didn't say a lot I didn't say what I'd had for breakfast I didn't say you know how much water I drank during the day I didn't say how much um, you know maybe alcohol was consumed at Google Eye but they, they read things into that Andy which um, you know Russell you also didn't say if there would be any connection to I don't know a future release of hostages being held in North Korea that's true and yet not a few days afterward, hey, what do you know? Suddenly, Kim Jong-un wants to start releasing hostages. (laughs) Anyway, so... Releasing hostages. Yes. I'm still in your country, so I don't want to get deported, so I'm not even going there. But, um, yeah, so we we, I I wrote up another blog post. Um, I got the CEO to look over it. I'm like, you... Put a thing at the top as well just to make make it clear so no one can be like, oh, Russell wrote that, but Owen didn't say anything. So we, we tried to cover all the bases. I made it a bit more serious. I removed some of the jokes. Um, and a few commentators uh, slash bloggers slash journalists did actually apologize to me. They're like, oh, sorry, I'll post an update. Like, you know, I just I assumed the worst. And I'm like, why did you assume the worst? We've been doing this for eight years. I'd, I'd like to think we built up like a, a little bit of trust with our user base, like no need to freak out. And I, I think that that was a really good thing to put out there, like in, in all seriousness, like a, a 
a whole bunch of our customers saw it as well, and they're like, "Look, I'm glad that you know everything's above board." There's probably point zero 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 one percent of people that are just born insanely skeptical, and they're like, "You say that now, but what's going to happen tomorrow?" Um, yeah, there's no real way to answer that. It's just like we are the, the same people we've always been. Um, you know, we're only going to continue making our podcasting up, and and that's how it is. It's going to be great fun. Can I? Can I set the tone for the rest of the podcast before we head into sort of our Google I.O. recap? So I I did download podcast earlier today, which is also here on the Relay FM network. Uh, thank you, Jason Snell, for inviting me on. And I mentioned that I thought tonight, since we're doing we're doing we're recording the podcast much later than we usually do, and also much later in the day for me, because I'm all that matters. Um, <laughs> JK. Um I was thinking that we would call it uh, material and chill and just, you know, just talk really low. What I actually have some candles you guys burning boink while you're listening to this. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm boink, using boink, the, boink. I'm using the adult uh, interpreted version of that uh, slang term, slang terminology as the kids call it. What's your slang? Mm. Well, that, <laughs> that works out well because I've been in some very loud places for the last few days. So my voice has gone like, 12 octaves lower. You know, yes. it's been kind of an exhausting week. So mm. let's, you know, let's definitely, let's set a, a tone. Yep. Surrounded by sand. By, well, no, we're in a dark room with beanbag chairs. Sorry, That's you're really in a dark room on a beanbag chair. The lights are just gently lamps. dimmed. Love, Love lamps. lamps. Well, this story is very hard, Flo. You're making this very hard. <laughs> it's a hippie again. <laughs> ocean waves. <laughs> Feel the waves looking at your feet. Exactly. Your um, idiot upstairs neighbor has probably fallen asleep with the inside the tub with the water still running. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Maybe we should move on to Google. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I tried. You tried, Flo. I respect that. Let's, 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 let's just start off by quickly comparing notes. Uh, again, I am well rested. I am well fed. I have not been exposing myself to thousands of people from all across the world and their diseases. It's like over 7,000, by the way, just yes. to put there that out there. Plus 2,000 Googlers. So how how, how are you? How, and I should also say that I was in the uh, I, I watched the keynote while in bed with like a sandwich and a beverage and a couple of and my the big nice TV in the bed. I will say that because I'm a professional, I wasn't Ow. lying down. I was like sitting up with my like back against the headboard. So at least I was there was some muscle control needed for that. But let's compare notes. How are both? Are you both of you well right now? I was freezing. I was really cold. Because uh, it was shady in the morning, and because we're having Google I/O earlier in the, in the springtime here in in uh, the beautiful Bay Area, California, um, it's actually pretty chilly here in the mornings for you know a weak blooded Californian like myself. I, I was actually quite <laughs> was comfortable, like in the pit? you know, as, as someone that's attended uh, four or five Google I/Os. Now I'm a professional. I brought my jacket, but I wore shorts because I'm like. California wow, gets yeah, crazy. Yeah, I saw a lot of shorts and dresses. Yeah. I really appreciated it. And I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I sat there for like, you know, two hours or whatever, and there's a few bits that bored me, but overall, like, I was comfortable. Um, there was free snacks everywhere. I had my water bottle that, you know, Google gave me. I had my free swag sunglasses. For those of you that um, don't know, the swag bag this year was a pair of sunnies, a T-shirt, and a drink bottle, just like last Clear year. Clear frame sunnies. Clear frames. Yeah, they were classier. They, these are last year's here that I'm showing off on the, uh, the Skype chat. Not quite as cool as this year's. 
No, no, no. The Sears are very cool. Uh, I got a wrong size shirt, unfortunately. So did I, um, I didn't realize until I got home. I know. He even asked me. He's like a medium. And I'm like, yes, medium. No, I asked. And then I, I walked away. Medium. And it said large. And I'm like, mediums. thanks, guy. I don't blame yes. him, though. There was 7,000 other people t-shirt. picking up T-shirts. So it's fine. Um, it was pretty much the same layout as last year. A lot of, um, I, you know, same, like they had this big, beautiful deck that you could walk across and it was like nice and shaded, which they actually, they built last year. Um, just kind of like create more shading across the way. All of the, uh, sandboxes were in these well-covered and well-ventilated domes. And you could kind of like walk into each of them and have like a, an experience centered around whatever that sandbox was about. Um, I went into the Android things one kind of concerning. I saw that nest was on the map and I went in there. There was nothing new. It was just the same nest stuff that we sort of covered already, but there was a cool, like little, uh, a little display with these, with these flowers with moving petals that would respond to your, you know, to your face. It was using Android things. There's a lot of that kind of like cool little stuff flowing around. I sat in on a lot of the talks on the first day, I sat in from everything happening until like 3 PM that I could. And I just soaked up all the knowledge that I could that first day. Uh, I think, I think there's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So for those of you that aren't familiar with the, the layout of Google, you've got the main amphitheater, which is literally like a, a rock concert stage. You know, it's kind of banked, you know, everyone can fit in there. There's no overflow rooms or whatever. Then the rest of the venue is very outdoors. So what Google does is they build these giant tent things, um, and this year, I think they were bigger than ever. Like, there's huge tents for like presentations. And then each one of the individual teams has their own little dome, they call it. So, for example, like Flo said, you know, she went to the, the Android Things dome where there was the flowers, and those things were cool. I went in there as well, and they kind of follow your, your face around. The funniest, I have to tell you, the funniest dome I went to, though, was. Um, there was the Waymo cars, so the the self driving cars. Oh, you did that one, yes. Yeah, I did that one. Um, and and then I went to um, the. They had next- the truck there, by the way. Sorry to interrupt, okay, but they, they had the truck on display. Everyone, yeah. you just, could you just see the cars, or did did, did they give you rides? I I asked repeatedly, would they let me in? They're like, nope. I'm like, oh, thanks. So these drive around? Nope. And so, and, but anyway, inside the tent, so they were showing off a whole bunch of Waymo stuff and some other things. And there was this little tiny machine learning car set up that um, I think a third party had done. It wasn't even Google. But the funniest thing is that we were standing in this tent and it's about 3 p.m. And the car's just doing laps. So obviously, it's got some kind of camera and it's sensing the road. And it's doing laps and it's going around. It's, it's flawless, like this thing's driving around. And then all of a sudden, the sun shines through the doorway. And then the car comes around the corner and just does a hard 90-degree turn, slam, straight to the wall. And so the the Google guy that's there, he just casually reaches down, he puts it back on the track. And then every single time this car, we had like a 15-minute conversation, every single time this car went around the track every 30 seconds, it would slam into the wall repeatedly over and over and over and over again. And I I get why, but it was just hilarious, the outside of these Waymo cars that are, you know, all this high-tech sort of stuff and LiDARs and whatever. And inside is meant to be this cool, fun little machine learning demo. And this car is just repeatedly walking into this wall. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Maybe it was learning how to do, how to like emulate a Russian dash cam video. Right. Exactly. Maybe it was trying, trying to escape. Trying to figure out how to make the next meme. I mean, or maybe it was trying to escape. No, maybe I didn't mean... give enough credit. Maybe it got sent in and it's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> here. Now, uh, uh, I... Uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, the stuff in Google in the keynote and what we've been learning. Oh yes, we will. <laughs> after after the ad, 
but uh, I did after when I was live tweeting it uh, the the keynote. I was mentioning, oh, it's just great, except for one thing. When yes. are we getting yes. our Google Photos yes. fence removal tool you but promised us last year? We all, I think, we all felt it collectively. I think we all thought it at the same time um, because by the end of the Google Photos presentation, when we kind of like when they just sort of like move on to the next thing, right? Uh, I was just like, that's it. Like, there's no fence removal thing. It was it was not a very big year for Google Photos. This yeah, is, this is not the focus. I mean, it, it feels like this specific feature for the fence removal tool automatically thing is like uh, the is the next the the next book that's supposed to come out uh, in the uh, in, in that uh, J R R Martin's uh, what's the guy's name the <laughs> the the winds of winter the the uh, in the game the next Game of Thrones book. George R. R. Martin, yes, exactly. Yes. All all you know is that it's it's coming. He's definitely working on it, but no, the, the the only news you get is that not this year. This the Google Photos fence removal tool is our. It's you know, up to HBO to take it to its own interpretation and or, or ruin. Or is it? Through the end of the series. So I, I put on my best uh, reporter hat. I've got it somewhere yes. over here, yes. And I noticed that what happens is a lot of the teams from Google, that they wear a T-shirt that's a, or a jacket like in relation to the team that they work on. And so lo and behold, I, I, spot, I spot a person in the crowd who's wearing the Google Photos logo on their jacket. And I'm like, hello, person. Like, I would like to talk to you. And it was actually an engineer who works on Google Photos. And I sidled up to him, like, hey, like, how you going? Join Google, you know, like I'm Russell, I work on this stuff. He's like, yeah, yeah, I work on Google Photos. I'm like, excellent, excellent, that's amazing. My favorite Google product of all time, like the best Google product launch in the last five years. Like I'll stick by that. He's like, oh, thank you, thank you so much. I have that. But then I said, I just have one question for you. And, you know, I said, Google I.O. 2017, you know, I was promised, uh, you know, chain link fence removal. And he's like, hmm. And you could see, like, his, his eyes are just, like, darting around. He's looking for, like, I don't know, so, some way to get out. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's 2018, and I, I don't see it. I'm like, I don't want to hassle you, but is it coming? Is it ever coming? I don't coming? want to hassle you. Was it drop? <laughs> Can you tell me about it? And he's like, I don't know anything about it. And he just ran off. And I, that was it. That was when he told So I didn't give up there. I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to give up. So I asked one of my Google developer reps. I'm like, hey, have you uh, chain link removal? And he's like, no, that's weird. Like, you know, I haven't seen it anywhere. He's like, you should tweet it to Neil. So and Neil's the, uh, one of the heads of, of Google Photos. He's like, he's really good. He's from Sydney. You know, we're Australians. Um, you know, just be like, you know, good day, mate. Like, what's happening with the, the chain link removal? And I did. And he's like, he'll respond. Don't worry, he'll respond. So I tweeted out on Neil in the morning. I'm like, hey, Neil. And at a reasonable time, 9.30 a.m. when he's had his coffee and stuff, presumably. Um, no response. No response whatsoever. And then... I'm sitting during. It is uh, a busy week. It is a busy week. I mean, I'll give him, maybe he'll respond. You know, I'll update you guys if he does. But so far, the case of where has the chain link fence gone is just unsolved. Or I'm going to posit another theory, and this is this is by the way, this is why Google would be wise to hire me. I would basically be responding to that question as <laughs> no, it's it's been working for the past ten months. It's like every time you see a picture, how many times have you been in Google Photos <laughs> and you see a picture with a chain link fence between like. The you know, the camera and the president or the camera and like Yosemite or camera or J Lo, you know wow. that's 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 Clap. that's our machine learning. <laughs> at, you know. Yep, we have elephant removal and we also have chain link fence removal. We haven't seen either of them, so that was elephant exist. removal. Yeah, yes, have you seen that's, elephant that's in quite a photos? problem for me. No. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, shall we? Uh, shall we? Let's jump into our first ad. Let's go do that real quick. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom. If your website was down right now, if visitors couldn't access your content or couldn't click that all-important buy now button, how would you know? You wouldn't until it was too late. 
And that's why you need Pingdom. They give you the peace of mind you need. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. They are dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. If you're a Pingdom user, monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website will be an absolute breeze. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. So start monitoring your site today. All Pingdom needs is the URL and then they'll take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code material, that's the name of this podcast, at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. That's material, the name of this podcast. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show, the Material Podcast, and the Relay FM Network. All right, since this is material and chill, uh, I think the only thing to do now is to pretend that there are some cool, like, chill hot beats in the background, you know? It's just like the room's a little smoky, like <laughs> California <laughs> We should probably start off. I, I feel like we should start at the keynote. So we already discussed like what kind of environment we all were individually in during the keynote. So we set the stage for everybody there. And I think now it's just time to really talk about our thoughts and feelings, uh, because I feel like now it's been several days since the keynote. We've had a lot of the news is hit. A lot of the stuff is out there. So rather than starting off with just like a, a cold recap of everything, which, you know, if if you haven't done your homework, we'll get into it a little bit. But let's start off with our feelings um, just to just to keep it going. So I'm going to start. I'm going to start us off today with feelings and say that uh, I want to be honest with everyone that the keynote was, you know, I was fiercely taking notes. I was really paying attention to everything. Um, I was really just like, yeah, 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 this all makes sense. Um, you know, digital well-being, yes, of course, that makes sense. Of course, Google would want to be known for that. Uh, you know, AR on Google Maps, wow, that's so cool. That's awesome. This is really going to help me get around town. Uh, you know, and then, and then came the Google duplex demonstration. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I am a big fan of Westworld and I really am into recapping it and sort of like study. I'm really into the little world and just, you know, sometimes I end up really thinking about it. And I have to say that it really, it felt very eerie to me because even though I know that this is a technology that's going to be used for a very specific reason, which at this point in time, Google Duplex is limited to these very basic functionalities, which is it can call to make a dinner reservation or it can call to make an appointment. And the reason it does these two things is because it can tap into those online, like API database thingies, you know, where you do all the online scheduling. So it's going to be very limited to that. But I just think about like immediately the minute after that was made, that announcement was made at the keynote, or rather after we saw that demo, I just started to jump ahead like five, 10 years to where this technology could go. So I don't know. Did you, did you guys feel any way like that during the I, keynote? Yeah, well, I, I did at first. I, I mean, I think we all had the first initial reaction, which was like, oh my goodness, like who knew that assistants were that advanced and that's amazing. Goes and, um, um, 
Um, a client, and there's been a, a ton of spoofs, by the way, which are hilarious if you look them up on YouTube of um, it trying to book you an appointment with your mechanic and stuff like that. You can look those up for yourself. But um, the, my other initial thought was like, I'm a developer. How the heck does this work? And is this the weird yeah. part of Google leaking out again? Because I don't know if you cast your mind back sort of, you know, three or four years ago. Google eyes used to be crazy. I'm talking like seriously crazy. Like someone would get up there and present like this, the weirdest presentations you've ever seen, and then they just disappear off the face of the earth. And you're like, what, what happened to that person? Like they're gone now. So is it one of those things? So actually um, I did some more research. I, I caught up with one of the engineers that actually works on um, – there's a few different teams. There's a perception team. There's like a web wellbeing team. There's a, a big sort of conglomerate of teams that are that are lobbed in together. Um, and I had asked them about it. Like how on earth can this possibly be, like, be working? And, and they explained something very obvious, which is like when you're trying to tackle like a very – fixed domain so booking a haircut that i mean you know you're talking to a human being yes and human beings are a little bit unpredictable but it is a fixed domain you know the things you talk about are times um you know appointment times whether they're open or closed you know what who's what's the haircut and it turns out when you're trying to solve for a more specific problem like that and then designing the assistant becomes easier because they don't have to respond to every single thing on earth that can possibly be sort of thrown at them so that kind of satisfied my developer need for okay that kind of makes sense i can see how that would work you can get really advanced in that sort of limited domain but then my second question was like how did people think that, that wouldn't be interpreted weird that you know a robot was calling like a service worker and i know here in the u.s like you know service workers aren't paid that well i know in australia we, we pay them normally i'm not going to get into that but there's that weird sort of perception there's that you it's it's not a good lens to to look through things in and he was like you know what this is just this is a fun experiment that, that we're playing with like it's it's not really stated slated to be become a product or absolutely going to book your haircuts in the next six months or whatever it's just it's one of those crazy google experiments that they do and the super impressive thing is that it works at all, right? It's basically, it's from true. an engineering point of view, a machine has called a human being and has managed to convince it that it's human and book an yeah. appointment. And yeah. me, convince me it's human. Yeah, I exactly. had no, I was freaking out about the fact that I could not distinguish it. Like I just had a moment where I, I it was it was a semi, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. It was a semi out of body experience. Like I cannot believe this is my lifetime right now. Like this is, I am living through this. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's crazy to me. On top of everything else, it was just such a wonderful demo of their new voice technology. Yes. That not only was it it didn't sound like uh, the generic voice, even the professional when the, when they they have the professional voice artists yeah. record the the phonomes for the voices, and so it sounds like a midwestern telephone operator, completely neutral, and for these <laughs> yes and. <laughs> and for the uh, for the voice and the demos they played in the uh, uh, in the in the keynote, they it started off with uh, uh, <laughs> Duplex starts off the call by saying, "Hi, I'm calling on behalf of Andy," and the voice they chose is what you would imagine being like a 20 year old like office intern, not someone who has a lot of responsibility beyond being a personal assistant to an executive and so you could really feel that voice and also you've already talked about how anytime there's something that the assistant should be thinking about like when they're asked okay what time would you uh, are you looking for there's always going to be an um or an er because that's kind of even if you know what the answer is that's kind of what you do but also just as you do when you're making a reservation for or a hair appointment like when you answer questions, you tend to up and flex at the end of the sentence. And so Assistant was doing that as well. So what a wonderful demo of the voice tech. Now, uh, I have to <laughs> I, I was really impressed with the demo, uh, even though uh, they published a paper uh, on the uh, AI research blog 
to explain more details about how it works. I think they I think they actually also said that they're going to be rolling it out in the summer in a limited fashion. I think I the the read that I get from that is that it's not so much that they want this feature to be a part of the entire assistant experience, but they want to know they want to get more data on how well it works. Uh, because they, the, the the paper is interesting. It says exactly how much data they had to feed it to just get it to work in these two little situations. Because uh, I, I was so impressed that it, because this is a completely nonlinear conversation. Yes, you can expect that at some point they're going to ask what day. At some point they're going to ask what time. At some point how many people, that sort of thing. But you don't know if how many times have you called for a, for a reservation and it's really, really busy and they say, hello, can Hello, this is this is Optics Delhi. Can you hang on? Hang on a sec. Mm-hmm. And then they go away for five minutes, and then they come back. And then like they they keep asking for the same information two or three times, or it's you. They can't predict what's going to go on in that in that in that uh, that scenario. So as as a, as a tech demo, it was wonderful. Uh, a yeah. lot of people freaked out. I, I, uh, I was yeah. I was live I was live tweeting it, and when I live tweet, I'm not writing a column. I am simply like conveying what's happening. And if I have an immediate reaction, it's immediate reaction. And I I did say this was a holy star 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 demo because it really was that impressive of how it worked. And this thing, <laughs> everything I think I've I've tweeted in the past two months, it got the most uh, interactions, the most retweets, the most everything, because most people wanted to comment on how absolutely aghast they were and thinking that, well, great. So now that salespeople are going to be like off robocalling people, us all, all the time, people don't understand that, again, this is something that is built into Assistant. It's not something that they're making available to developers. Uh, also, it only works with these one or two things. Um, and I... I really. I want already to... get robocalls. Sorry. Well, yeah, exactly, and they're, and they're crap. Uh, you know, um, the uh, um, actually, I, I was on uh, public radio in Boston here, and we talked for about twenty minutes about this. It was the first thing they wanted to talk about. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and, and and I had to say that I I do understand people's uncertainty about this and their immediate reaction to it, but sometimes there are technologies where we really have to just put them into play to see what happens. It was, when it's not like a new, sty- mm. new style of containment facility for a nuclear reactor, no, you don't want to experiment with that. Self-driving cars, no, you don't want to experiment with that. You want them to put them on the roads after they've had, let's say, six million miles of actual yes. uh, in, in actual testing. Uh, but this sort of thing, we need to put it out there to see how well it works, how well people interact with it uh, on both ends of the conversation. The, there, there are two ways that they really make me think that this is a, a, a potentially a really good thing. Number one, uh, people are saying, oh, well, do people, people at these hair salons, they're going to hate being called by robots. And number one, they're number one. I think that the businesses are going to be very happy that someone is calling them to give them some business. So I yeah. think that they'll sort of sit that out. And number two, although I don't think that it would cost uh, Google anything to simply say, hi, this is, uh, this is uh, Andy's Google Assistant calling. To, we like he liked a, a hair appointment for Thursday. Some little word that simply indicates that if you are hip to this and you want to know that you're you're talking to a robot, that's fine. Uh, but the really cool thing about this is that imagine that Google wanted to do this, wanted to make every single business uh, in the in the in the country and in the world 
able to take automated uh, appointments through someone's personal phone assistant. Now imagine they said, now here's this piece of software that you have to be running at your salon. Here's a computer you have to set up. Also, you have to train all of your people and all your staff on how to use this. Or even if they said, we're going to have just a simple like form that the, the assistant will just make the phone call and basically speak out a form. So you're going to have to train all of your people. Here's when, if Google Assistant calls, you have to make sure you speak in this tone. You make sure you have to... Yes, it's kind of creepy that it's emulating a human voice. It's double creepy that they're doing it so well. But think of it in the sense that this is a way to, uh, of implement, implementing this feature for the benefit of the salon or the restaurant where they don't have to train anybody. Staff just simply picks up the phone and interacts with a real human. And even if they are aware that I, – I think that the thing that's going give to give it away is the ums. They need to add more flavors of ums and ers. The only Likes. thing there's there are more there are more uh, audio samples in the in the in the web uh, in the on the web page about it, uh, and the only thing that's it's always the same um um um, but I think that even if I were working at a salon or someplace answering the phones, as soon as I if I even did twig to it, even if the the first line was hi this is Google Assistant calling for whatever, I would know that okay all I have to do is treat this person treat this software like it's a real person mm, treat this and, person is exactly. what you said first. I was I was role playing uh, the, I, I was I was well okay okay now okay if you're if you're all <laughs> that like you know, <laughs> fear about a Westworld you just told me about how you went to like the the, the, the home planet suppose in a sense of the most big technologically powerful That's company true. and they had separate domes that you go into true. with different experiences <laughs> in them. And you walked True. in and said, I'll just walk, doom, 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 doom. I'll walk right in. I'm not going to be murdered <laughs> by a self-aware whatever. Anyway, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's good. I think that we're going to have to find out how people react to it. Like I said, if I were a business person, I wouldn't care how that call comes in so long as it results yeah. in someone coming in for a haircut or a $50 steak or whatever. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I 100% agree. Like I'm with you that that's exactly the reason that Google would have, would have had for doing this. But my thinking is though like the because it feels like such a leap, right? If it was like a tiny little improvement in the system, I think you incrementally do something, right? And nobody freaks out. It's fine. Like it's incremental. You see it coming. You don't see something like this coming. And I think when you don't see it coming, you immediately question it. You're like, well, wait a minute. Is it? Is it weird ethically to like for a robot to be calling human beings? Is it is it weird ethically to to start essentially, um, you know, because the, Google scrapes the web for information, right? One of the other things they talked about is we're just going to call the store and ask what time it's open, and now you're scraping human beings for information. Like, I don't know. Like, it it, it might not be wrong. It might be fine. I just feel like it's they took five leaps forward, and that's the bit that's disconcerting about it. Like, had they taken one and then two and then three and then four, we would have been fine with it. We're like, yeah, that's fine. You know, assistant did this yesterday, it does this today, no big deal. But it's just the fact that it's such a big leap and you look at it and you go, I wasn't expecting this. I don't know how I feel about this. You know, it, it's also worth asking in the United States, some uh, territories do have laws against robocalls. Yep. You can't have an automated like voice thing. However, that's always been directed towards advertising as opposed to it's the, this is another one of those areas where the law was never set up to anticipate what if I have a personal robot that can make calls on my behalf, not to sell services, but to do things like make appointments. So it might, I don't know, we, maybe that's part of why they're saying that uh, they're doing this in a limited way, that they have to figure out here's a state which we definitely can do this without getting into any trouble from anybody. 
during an election year, <laughs> people who want to stir up fear of Google. Um, but that's that's the before we move off the uh, duplex. This that's something that I, that I did think it was a mistake the way they presented it because yeah. if there's a if there was a consistent theme to the entire presentation and it was t- top to bottom full of really interesting demos and really interesting ideas. Uh, but I, if there was one theme, it was it was that we know. <laughs> hi, we're Google. We are a big dragon. We under we know that you know that we're a big, huge dragon. But we want to tell you that we are one of those friendly dragons that will give you a ride on on its back, and we'll go out for cookout, and we'll like roast your roast your hot dogs and roast your marshmallows. We're not like those Game of Thrones dragons that like kills hundreds and thousands of people in a rain of hellfire. And it's point by point by point. So much of it seemed to not explicitly, but as a subtext, say, okay, you know how those stupid idiot machine learning dabblers at Uber and <laughs> and Tesla have been putting self-driving cars and that kill people? We don't kill people with our self-driving cars because we're not dabblers. We know what we're doing and we're doing this responsibly. And uh, the uh, another product maybe we'll talk about later, but maybe we'll wait till next week, depending on how, how time goes. Uh, Google News, the Google News app that has I love it. I've been using it every day since uh, it rolled out on Tuesday. But that was uh, point by point after they're when they're talking about this seemed to be addressed at complaints about Facebook, about how Facebook is manipulating people's perceptions of the news, how Facebook is allowing other people to manipulate people's versions of the news. And they were point by point talking about the, the Google News app saying, here is how we here is a one tab that we do not factor in in any way, shape or form what we think you want to see. This is just based on legitimate news sources looking for fast-moving news items, the actual daily news, and then here's tailored news for your interests uh, and the, the issue of privacy. They kept talking on about how, hey, hey, look, we're doing, we're using machine learning to help you out and tailor your phone to your experiences, but here's how we're doing it all on device, and here's how this model is getting more uh, smart about you without even ever talking to Google or anybody and sharing this information. And just, like, I could go on, but I won't. Just point for point for point, it was trust us, trust us, trust us. But we, we promise you, this is this we swear as, as Google, if, we, if our butts are ever hauled in front of Congress and the Senate, we promise it will be over an antitrust thing and not over election tampering or, or, or violation of user privacy or anything like that. Trust us, please. Please don't make us, please don't make us <laughs> kowtow to new regulations that are very inconvenient for an advertising company. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a really interesting thing about the keynote, right? Is they kept going on about wellness, about, um, you know, trying to spend time away from your phone and then giving you ways to to limit how much time you spend on a phone and help you go to bed instead of playing with your phone for hours. So it was it was definitely they were trying to project like a more caring, you know, softer Google that, that cares about you, that we care about you. And then, I, I, yeah, I found the optics of the duplex thing weird. And to move along, I, I actually honestly didn't like the Gmail thing either because – there wasn't enough context. It was just all of a sudden Sunder's like, here's my Gmail. I press tab three times and I've sent an entire email to a friend. And I'm like, what the what? Like, I, I understand exactly what's going on, right? It's like, it's learning how you talk. It's learning how you respond to people. It's reading the previous email. Um, and previously it would just suggest responses, right? It would be like, and they would always be really short. It's like, yes, thank you very much. Or like, no, or yes, let's meet at 10 a.m. or whatever. And now it's suggesting whole sentences. And I feel like the fact that they didn't provide any other context around that that I, that I saw, it was just like, here, construct whole sentences, I just hit send. 
I feel like that was the wrong kind of optics as well. It's like as a human being, like you no longer have to interact with other human beings. And I know that's not the point of this, but I'm just saying the way it was presented in the keynote just really rubbed me the wrong way as well. Would you say it was mechanical and cold like yes. a robot? But you know what I mean? They just spent like hours telling you about how they were soft and friendly and they were going to make your phone black and okay, white. So look, if, yes, if, exactly. If, the, if those, uh, let me tell you, if those robots on Westworld were like all mechanical and cold, they they could they would not have to limit it to pay TV because I've seen some scenes from that show. They are anything but mechanical, and oh boy, they are so warm. Let me tell you. But let, here's here's something that uh, <laughs> that ushers us into the next topic. <laughs> no, 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 no. This, we're, we're still we're still on the same topic. Yes. Oh, I, yes. I, I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling kind of lost because I don't subscribe to HBO and I've only seen like oh sorry I'm so seen, sorry I've only seen one episode of Westworld like as usual like when I was in a hotel room but that's okay so I'm I'm out I'm out of my element here so I'm I'm lashing out to feign my ignorance uh, but so there but there's there's so with any big technology like this there's so many different dimensions to it like uh, I I didn't want to be responding to everyone who was angry or upset or scared about duplex and t- and tweeting back at me because it's a full-time job and B they're they're simply expressing something they want to express that's very legitimate but someone's saying oh god this is that's why it's so so pathetic like why don't you just pick up the phone and call the salon and number one, like I, I have no disabilities and I don't like and I don't like having to like have that conversation. But imagine that, again, you do have a disability that involves uh, communication and that you are use you are basically can only communicate with like a, a toggle switch or some sort of an adaptive device. And having a nonlinear conversation involving lots of phrases and lots of waiting is very, yeah. very difficult. Now, imagine you could do that by simply tapping a button on the phone that says, make me a hair appointment. See, w- and- where were you when they were preparing the keynote, Andy? Because had they just put those optics around it to be like, hey, do you yeah. have a disability and find it hard to type? Like Gmail can help you out. Do you have a disability and find it hard to talk? You know, the kisses can help you out. But they didn't They didn't phrase it like either of those ways. I guess that's my problem. They, with it. Although I, I will give them credit. I'm, I'm, again, there's so many... It's so it's so hard to do a show right after Google I.O. because basically we need to do a one hour show every single day on everything that gets us really interested. <laughs> but what one one thing I will give them credit for is that they did put uh, uh, accessibility and uh, dis, uh, users with disabilities front and center uh, and not in the typical way that you tend to see during tech keynotes where there's oh about 20, 30 minutes in. There's going to be a little like case study about how, oh, look how this person can now do this because they have a computer or they have an iPad or whatever. It was no, this is we it, they did a good job of showcasing their entire community of Google users and Google uh, creators, but. And including people with disabilities as part of that group of people, as opposed to this special case that oh, let me let's talk about our disability features. So th- that, this is why I'm sure that <laughs> this is this is why you have to wait for the entire phrase to come out before you like do like live snark tweeting to one of these things. It's like I imagine there are a lot of people who are like. Our our Mr. Funny Man saying, like, "Oh, oh, well, talk about talk about useless." <laughs> now the new G board has like actually support Morse code. Right? I'm sorry, it's not 1882, is it? And then they <laughs> yeah. they move they move forward to a video of again someone in a wheelchair that yes. they, they they had their their adaptive devices basically clicking ons and offs. So Morse code. Basically, being able to being able to use Morse code as a standard input is actually quite useful and not silly at all for them. So that that's why. That's why it uh, still exists. Yeah. It's still yeah. useful. Also, there are a lot of dads out there who have need hobbies. Like anything to yes. get them like into the garage for 90 minutes away from the kids. <laughs> and moms too. Yes. Um, I really want to talk about Chrome OS real quick. If sure. we can. 
Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I'm just pretty much the TLDR of this news, which is that there are now Linux apps on Chromebooks, uh, Android Studio on Chromebooks, which instantly makes Chromebooks like more useful than ever before. <laughs> And can and a three hundred dollar Chromebook that can do or excuse me if they if this rolls out to the cheaper Chromebooks so you have a three hundred dollar Chromebook that can do something that a thousand dollar iPad cannot do which is to write apps for the for those devices yes, yes. and then there was some there was some fun uh, just some fun talk on the streets of Google I/O about like what if somebody could put like like dual boot like Windows or something you know just like there's always you know that talk of what if we could just have our Chromebook be everything. So I don't know, just putting that into the ether in case Google wants to take it and do something with it. Um, that would make me really happy as a person. Yeah. You know, th- th- this is a big deal. Like I know I'm the developer yes. on the show and I meant to say this, but it has always surprised me that, uh, you know, Apple angles their iPad as the iPad pro and you can't make apps for the iPad pro on the iPad pro or even for the iPhone, which doesn't feel very professional. And I know the reasons why there's a ton of technical reasons that I have to solve a whole bunch of um, engineering problems to even attempt that. And I bet you they will. My prediction is 2019. You'll see that, but Google's like, here is Android studio running on, um, you know, a Chromebook and not just Android studio. Cause it, anyone who knows anything about developers knows that that's not enough. You can't just give someone a, an idea because essentially give them a super fancy text editor. You need all the stuff around it. So another thing they enabled is the whole Linux subsystem. Um, you know, you can get access to, you can install all your developer tools. You can do all that developy stuff. You can SSH to servers if you really want to. Uh, it was funny though. They, they haven't quite finished this feature. And this is what I love about Google is that they're not afraid to show you stuff before it's finished. So they're like, yes, you can run Android studio on. Chrome OS, no problems at all. Uh, yes, you can run Linux stuff. They're like, you can't actually deploy or build to like an emulator or a phone, but you can submit straight to the store, which was like the ha-ha funny joke during the developer keynote. So they're still putting in all the plumbing for all the USB communications and all the other stuff that's required, but it looks like they're committed to finishing it. So pretty soon, I'm not sure if it's a matter of you know weeks or months, but pretty soon um, you'll be able to sit there on your Chrome OS tablet. I'm sure Google will recommend the Pixelbook if you ask them, and you'll actually be... De- be able to develop, you know, fully fledged uh, Android apps, which is that is super interesting. It's, it's very interesting. It, yeah. no, it, it's it's remarkable. I, I can't get over this little silly, stupid computer that so many people. I I don't I don't think I was one of them, but I don't have the courage to check my check my columns from that year when the Chromebook was first released. Oh, great, a laptop that only runs a web browser. <laughs> but and boy, did it! It's one of the most. It continues to be one of the most interesting and forward-thinking uh, yep. platforms ever. And I I gotta say that I'm I'm really I'm gonna I I my kind of think that I need to find $500 to set aside for a really good Chromebook sometime this summer because I'm not just talking about I want one so I can write about it, but I actually kind of want to have one in my, <laughs> in my, on my tool belt to see what it's like to just have a Chromebook for my day-to-day, like leaving the house sort of stuff. It's my everything computer, unless I'm working, then I'm at my PC. But I work on that too. And by the way, that's all I had with me at Google I.O. was the Chromebook. Wow. It was fine. Was everything fine. was fine. You're a professional like Google reporter. You got the Google hardware. You got the Google software. Like it's yeah, wow. Yeah, I know. I did. I did tell them about how much stuff I have in my house, but that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yes. I was gonna say, can I give you oh, but, 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 a few other quick developer tidbits? Is that all right? 
So it, for those of you who don't know, you've got the keynote, you've got the developer session. That's that's normally the, the two sort of massive sessions that people pay attention to. But during the week, there's a ton of small talks. And unlike you go to WWDC and the, their presenters are so well rehearsed and they've only got a set group of talking points and they won't tell you anything basically that hasn't been uh, told to you before. The cool thing about attending all these Google I.O. sessions is you find out a whole bunch of new stuff and that they're not leaking it or anything like that. That's part of their presentation. But it's it's really interesting that you still get to learn things you know later in the week. So some of the things we learned at the very last session um, I was at um, is that Flutter. You know, we've been talking about Flutter and Fuchsia and things like that. Flutter, for those that don't know, is a, a development environment. And we were wondering as um, developers were like, okay, Google is now talking about this brand new development environment that you can deploy to Android and iOS with. How does that fit in with the existing development environment? You know, it doesn't run Kotlin, it runs Dart. Um, it's not the same framework. It's a completely different framework. Like, are we meant to be switching to that? Is that the new thing? And it's funny. They have this um, thing called a fireside chat. That's the very last session that they do for developers as part of the thing. Um, and they get people just to come down and ask questions. So someone asked that very question. They said, hey, we noticed you've been pushing this Flutter thing. Um, should we be switching to this? If we're just running an app for Android only, should we be using this? And the response was the most candid thing I've ever heard on stage. It was amazing. If it, They basically just said, hey, look, Google is a big company. Uh, we do a lot of experiments. And you can tell at this point the person kind of gritted their teeth and was like, you know, this isn't one of our experiments, but someone's running it and it's fine. It's Google. It's it's all good. But, you know, we, mm. we're the Android team and we still do all the Android stuff. So the implication, mm. I think, if you read fairly obviously between the lines is that the Android team doesn't, you know, Flutter is not their thing. It's someone else's thing. And there's some experiment running, um, you know, in a different part of Google. And, yes, you can deploy to Android and iOS. That's nice. But the, the two aren't really sort of don't seem to be working that heavily together or, I don't know if there's any love loss. It's hard to tell. Like they, they would never say, but I get the impression that they're not super impressed that this thing has caused a whole bunch of confusion in the in the marketplace. This is why I love Google I/O because stuff <laughs> like this always comes out because the developers are actually like walking around, like everybody's like walking around and giving these talks. Um, they're teaching us everything. Uh, speaking of quick reveals, I just want to mention. Remember we were talking about that little Chromecasty dongle a couple of weeks back? Yes. So that was actually revealed in the Android TV panel yeah, at yes. Google I.O. Yes, it was actually revealed then. Um, so there you have it. It's for developers. If you're a developer, you can go sign up for that kit to start developing for it. Yes, there's a uh, <laughs> that was again, I was still in. I'm mostly in bed watching these videos because there's so many. Of these Eating damn bonbons. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, OK. It's actually grapes. But OK. <laughs> Uh, being being dangled above both anyway. Uh, so I will I will not complete that word picture for you. Please complete it for yourself as a separate exercise. Uh, but yeah, I was I was so I was watching this. I'm watching the the Android TV section, and that's where they talk. They again they show off the okay. And by the way, we you you guys you people need a new like a, a, a test hardware, uh, and they they weren't giving them out at the at the event. However, they had like a here is a short short URL to fill a form to fill out to get one, and so. Of course, I, I I was about to like I have my, I have my laptop like in front of me. I'm about to like sort of copy it down. They realized, oh wait, didn't they were, remember all that talk about Google Lens? So I used Google Lens, took a picture, oh, yeah. aimed the camera at the at the screen. <laughs> oh, it nice. highlighted like the URL. I tapped the URL and opened it. Uh, and so, uh, if you are a developer at at Google I/O, you get first priority on the limited quantity they have. If you are a developer with a developer account, uh, a Google ID. You and you're not a Google I/O. Give it a try anyway. Uh, I was cheered to find out 
uh, not that that stopped me from even starting filling out the form, that there's also a checkbox for, are you a member of the press? Like, all right, yes, I am. And then it still <laughs> asks you the same development questions uh, to which uh, you're like, I have no idea what I'm talking about and you're going to find me out and you're not going to send me anything. You see, this, this is the, Russell, Russell, you're absolutely right about the disconnect between like all the different groups within Google. So one, one group is creating this, creating a Google duplex that can have this intelligent conversation to like set something up. Meanwhile, there's this other group that has to say, are you, are you a member of the press, not a developer? Yes, I'm a member of the press. Okay. Uh, let me, let me know like how many, how many, how many apps you develop a year. I'd have to zero <laughs> like <laughs> of these five categories what yes. what is what's best your target market boom 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 other and in that place <laughs> paste in I don't uh, write apps. I'm for the press. I do that like seven times in the same form. I had exactly the same problem because there are some questions in there that didn't even apply to me as a developer. But I tell you what, when they flashed that URL up in the uh, the session, I've never seen a whole room full of nerds fill fill, yes. out, fill out a form so damn fast because yes. yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. And I was one of them. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like go 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 yeah. go. go. Should, this is this is why you really should check out that video because they knew uh, they knew exactly what was going to happen. And so like <laughs> as soon as that as soon as that URL went. Uh, every all those four people on stage immediately took off all their clothes and then put them on again 20 seconds later and of course nobody noticed like as only people who are watching the live stream because they were too busy focusing on filling out this form uh but but i'll i'll say one thing that after watching these videos there's a word that keeps popping up in the titles of video after video after video and that word is jetpack and yes. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm one. I'm, I've been holding off because I know that. Gosh, I'm going to be talking for an hour to a developer, a rather highly placed developer friend of mine. Perhaps he will understand what Jetpack jet is, and if we should bow down before it and accept that it has a wonderful plan for our lives. Well, back in the '50s, Andy, people used to have this dream that you'd strap this jetpack to your back and you'd be able to fly through the sky. And I guess they didn't really think of the implications of how on earth you'd land or what would happen when you ran out of fuel. So this is not that thing. It is a. I guess it is a. It, it's interesting because at the outset, it's just a cool marketing term. So what Google have done is, um, as as developers will be familiar with, but our audience might not be. Um, they have a whole bunch of tools. So th- there's always been the criticism from the iOS crowd that, like, oh, it's nice that, you know, Android 9 came out, but only 1% of people run it. But we've known as years for developers that it doesn't actually matter because Google gives us support, a thing called a support library. They give us architectural components. They basically, they handle all the backwards compatibility stuff and they do it in an amazing way. I guess the awkward part about all this is that there's always been like 12 different things these things are called and some of the names don't even make sense anymore. So there's a support library called android.support.something.v4 and originally the v4 was a reference to it going all the way back to android version 4 it no longer does but it's still called exactly the same name and there's a ton of stuff that that google hasn't cleaned up because they're like well only developers see this stuff like who cares so this this year they packaged it all under an umbrella with a really cool logo there's a there's an android you know figurine with a jetpack it's called jetpack which is cool in and of itself so initially it's just all this stuff coming together under one um, sort of term, and it's also a bunch of cleanup. So the thing is no longer called Android.support.v4 because it's a ridiculous name. But someone else asked that question as well. Is it is it just us a rebranding? Is anything changing? But Google answered that one as well. They said, yeah, okay, initially it's just rebranding. We're cleaning up a whole bunch of stuff, but we're also making it really clear that when you develop for Android, this is where you get all your support stuff from, and they're going to be adding things to it. They're going to be improving over time, and that's that, that's, I guess, what, what a Jetpack is, if, if anyone was wondering. It's just a whole bunch of developer tools that help with um, yeah, backwards compatibility and, and sort of making development easier. Hmm. So I guess we're not going to be having like a uh, – d- during the final four of the NCAA, we're not going to have a commercial about Jetpack. <laughs> 
Well, you never know. I mean, no. Have you seen the, the logo, Flo or Andy? It's like the Android figure. Yeah, it looks looks cool. I saw some T-shirts around as well. Again, if I if I were, I think one of the twenty percent of the reason I would go to Google I/O is just to collect T-shirts because I see lots of people at the event in these video wearing awesome T-shirts that I need to have. I think. So basically, this is just drag and drop. This is just drag and drop libraries and tools. <laughs> Yeah, sort of. So there's backwards compatibility stuff. There's stuff to make development easier. Like there was a huge focus this this year um, from a development point of view that um, Google has always had this sort of open perspective of like we don't tell you how to develop apps. That's your job. And on the iOS side of the fence, it's like no, we tell you exactly how to develop apps, and you don't have to follow our directions. But if you don't, you know, you're on your own. And so this year there was a huge focus um, um, from Google about actually providing some opinions and tools and frameworks and things which. Um, is interesting because I, whenever I come to do Android development, there's like 50 different ways to do something, and I'm like, I don't want to ch- like give me the recommendation, and I'll pick something else if I don't like your recommendation. Didn't so, they say that on stage? There's yeah. six ways. There's oh, always there six is. ways to do something when yeah. developers just want one really good way to do it. Yeah, and that's what they're providing. That that's what Jetpack is all about, and some of the other yeah. stuff they're doing is like, here's how we think you should work with databases. Here's how we think you should do this. Here's how we think you should. Um, you know, do all this different stuff, and it's really cool. Like a, a lot of their suggestions are like, yeah, that, that I'll do that. That's that's great, and it's it's just nice to finally have those actual like guidelines from Google. Whereas before, it's like, just do whatever the heck you want. We don't care, and it's uh, you know that sounds really cool and open, but it, it's annoying when you know you've got too many choices to to choose from. Yes. Also, by the way, Andy, I'm just going to float this across the. Oh, nice! Lovely. Is that for me? Yes, it's a little. Oh. Little I.O. Andrew, man. I don't know if I'm going to be able to post him while I'm still here, so I might have to post him from Australia. But he's here. He's right oh, here. I will. He that's or she, such a sorry. Cool, that's such a cool, like, Android uh, Android vinyl that I will risk getting a package from Australia and having to open it outside and shake it out vigorously for spiders and, <laughs> and snakes. It is that cool. Yes. I got him from the merchandise store, which is always funny, like how many people line up to buy. You enter a raffle to see if you, you know, you're lucky enough to to pay Google $1,500 to go. This is Australian dollars. Um, And then you enter a huge long line to buy merchandise from Google, you know, like those little figurines and T-shirts and hats. It always strikes me as funny. Stickers. Yeah, there was stickers (laughs) there. There was books. There was all sorts. It's like for the privilege of all this stuff, I will line up and and enter raffles. It's not a problem. Yes. Um, I... Just very quickly, as we sort of coming coming down to the end here, a couple of things that we didn't really hear much about: Wear OS. <laughs> Not, I, I saw a lot of the presenters wearing dead watches. None yes. of the watches were turning on. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to be sure kind, if you want to be mode. kind, you'd say they're in theater mode. I'm, I'm being extremely <laughs> yes. unkind. I think they went behind there, and someone in the um, the dressing department was like, "You shall wear this watch." Click, but. I will tell you who was representing Wear OS Flow. Um, is that every night after Google O, there's an after party thing and you kind of hang around the venue. And then every time after that, there's there's just a whole bunch of bars and restaurants and things that like developers and other people go to. And two nights in a row, I saw the head of Wear OS wearing oh. two, two Wear OS watches, one on each wrist. And he was super pumped to tell everybody like about the benefits of this uh, watch and uh, the yeah. benefits of that watch. And I got to tell you, he seems super genuine. Like this guy is extremely excited by his uh, his two Wear OS watches. And I knew I couldn't ask him questions like, "What's coming next? Tell me what's coming out next year. What's happening? What's happening?" But I did ask him like, 
is Wear OS still being developed? Like, are we going to see things in the future? I don't want to know what the things are, but can I get excited about things that are coming in the future? And he kind of nodded his head. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, there's there's things coming. He obviously didn't tell me what on earth they were, but I'm just kind of glad that it's not, you know, just going to disappear into into the night. Yeah, okay, two things about that. All three of us uh, have owned and were worn Android Wear watches we know that he was wearing two because it's the only way to get battery life that will last an entire working day. <laughs> and you're, and you're, you want to be nice to him, he, but you don't want to say he's on, you're on to him, but that's okay. By the way, uh, he, actually, one, one other quick thing is he, he's a mean karaoke singer, I should say. Like, amazing. Man, you developers party hard. We sure uh, do. Second thing, Andy. <laughs> second thing. Uh, second thing, there was actually an Android Wear video uh, of the and Android Wear session, I, wa- I watched the video in which they basically gave people more hope about Android Wear than Google has given publicly in the past year. Uh, they didn't have a whole lot to say because they rolled out a new release just a few weeks ago. They figured, okay, that's sort of covered, but we, you know, what we've did, what we've done. But they were saying things like, and here's how many, here's how many uh, we've out, rolled out more new revisions to it, like 40, 47 revisions or whatever in the past year. Here's how many new watches that are that have been coming out. But he also uh, spoke about things that are happening in Android P. Uh, one of them being this. Uh, uh, actionable button the thing is i'm really excited about these actionable buttons uh that will come at, uh, under google assistant so that when you it will basically autofill reply basically things you can do by simply tapping a button that will figure out here's the button you need to service at this point uh the i also uh ideas about how um one of the really cool things from the keynote is uh, about uh, about android p is how developers are being given new tools to allow their uh, individual features of their apps to surface in other places. And one of these little forms, which it's not just a blank, like an empty canvas they can fill with whatever they want there. Google has defined, here is a temp, here are three or four different templates for ways you can present buttons and content from your app that will appear in search results, in the, in the search app or wherever. And these things can also reformat themselves to fit on, uh, on an Android Wear watch. So, it could be very, very interesting. Uh, there's maybe we'll talk about this next week, but uh, there were a, a, the first really nice raft of uh, firm announced, excuse me, rumors about what the uh, Google Pixel announcements are going to be like in October, uh, including the phones. And what amongst these, these rumors are an actual Pixel branded uh, Wear OS watch. So they certainly, if that's true, they certainly didn't do that because. <laughs> no one else. No one else is making Wear watches anymore. Now it's up to us or nobody else. Uh, if this is the other, if this is a sign of we need, we want to have a really cool. It's such a cool platform that we want to have our hand in the till as well as Michael Kors and everybody else. So there wasn't anything really exciting in this video, but you would. I did come away with it from thinking that I wonder if Google has given up on Wear OS. To oh, there just might. This is this is more of a long growth sort of thing that they're doing and 2018 in October might prove to have some really interesting news for people who are still really, really interested about this stuff. I guess we'll just have to wait and see as they say. By the way, I found out the official, the official name you meant to use is Wear OS by Google. You're not allowed to leave off the by Google part just in case you're interested. I Good see. Luck with that, is that like Gucci by Galvin Klein? Galvin <laughs> Mark Klein. Jacobs by Mark Jacobs. I'm not really sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, gentlemen, thank you for joining me today for this episode of Material Chill. 
<laughs> where we discussed all of, not all of the things. There is a lot of stuff that happened at Google I.O. We can't go through all of it because there's more stuff coming, but we will get through all this stuff eventually because eventually it all come out to a head and then we'll have to be confronted with it and the robocalls that we're getting. Uh, yes. So in the meantime, uh, after after another long day of Google I.O., all your listeners, you must be stifling that outfit. Why don't you just shower, relax? I'll mix up a pitcher of gimlets and we'll, oh, gimlets. we'll and we'll start and we'll start the autoplay right. list of Google I.O. videos. Just you and me, huh? Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, this is where they you introduce the saxophone solo, dear editor, if, if you're up for it. No one's listening right now because when I was halfway through that, they were just like scratching at their ears to tear their earbuds out. Uh, Andy is making sexy talk to me and I can't stand it. <laughs> uh, maybe we should, hey, Russell. Yes. So, you know, you got anything to plug? <laughs> I should be plugging my ears Sorry. after all those. Is, 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 there anything, is there anything left of yours that has not been is acquired there... by a very, very <laughs> yeah. prestigious national organization, let's say? I actually still own five domain names. And by the way, the .app TLD is now open if you want to register .app stuff. Um, no, you can go to uh, – you know what? I should uh, – I've been looking at this, right? So you can get uh, you can get your first name dot like a thousand different like URL mm-hmm. um, endings like .club, .fun – dot uh you know all sorts of things i'm gonna you know before the next time i'm on the show i'm not, not exactly sure when that is but before the next time you guys uh, you two have me on i really want to find one of these domain names like I'm, I'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna search for it but in the meantime in my best i've been yelling all weak voice you can go to twitter.com slash rusty shelf the amphitheater is cold but it's hot in here <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what if what's what been happening in your life this week? See what I did. <laughs> I I'm did a all very, this. very lonely nerd. I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> it's all my fault. Uh, Andy, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Please uh, don't. Yeah, please. <laughs> As if I haven't been brilliant enough uh, talking about Google I/O in this show. Uh, my, I have a piece or two in fast company at fastcompany.com where you can read me, uh, you can, you can read me do, being a little bit more professional, let's say, uh, as well as if you go to WGBH.org, you can have, you can listen to me for about a half hour talk, uh, on Boston public radio about Google IO. And I'll probably have some more stuff on anotgo.com as we go. And as for me, I will be, I'll be recapping my Google I.O. coverage at my website, florenceion.com. So go there. And of course, everybody knows to follow me on Twitter and here. Uh, thank you again, gentlemen, for being here this evening. Oh, I just wanted to make sure you both were okay. I am still really tired. <laughs> yes, likewise. I can't do this like I used to. No. I know. I know this is this is you. I, you, you look into this window of, the, of Skype, and you're seeing you're seeing yourself like in another ten or fifteen years or whatever. When you know what I don't. And in your case, I know that it's only about like a thirty minute drive away, but I don't want to drive thirty minutes to spend a week at Google I/O or or or, or WWDC anymore. It's it's a lot of standing and talking to people and people talking to you and. Mm. If I could just stay in my office where there's, you know, there's a <laughs> fridge and sodas and I can go out for pancakes and not have to talk to a million people while I'm waiting for the pancakes because everybody I know is there. Yes. Yes. That's pretty Good much night, everybody. Like. Good Good night. snacks.
All right. Good night, you two. Thank <laughs> you.